Good morning. This is the Daily Wrestling News for December 13th, 2020. I am coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful Treasure Coast of the Sunshine State, as I always do. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am joined today by the Essential Wrestling Podcast Senior Impact Correspondent, the living legend, John DeCani. John, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you on this beautiful Monday? It is a nice day uh, here in the Sunshine State. The skies are blue mostly i can see out my window and it's a nice day i'm ready to roll talk some wrestling how about you absolutely uh, it's a little less beautiful here in uh gray jersey but ready to talk wrestling always and we uh we are already cheersing our caffeinated beverages so i know john's ready uh, today's show we are going to do the ridiculously random non-wrestling the audience needs to know you better question of the day followed by the nine impact uh, nine match impact resolution show from Saturday Saturday we're going to run through that. Um, we're also going to talk about what's going on the docket for Raw tonight. We've got some news, trivia, and we're going to get out of here. So, John, if you're ready, let's get the show on the road. All right, John, your ridiculously random non-wrestling, the audience needs to know you better question of the day, is brought to you by Free Cake. You can, the new album from the Black Cats, available now everywhere you listen to music. Today's question is, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Favorite Christmas movie. Okay. Uh, Christmas Vacation would be way up there. Uh, I'm in the camp that... Uh, Christmas doesn't really, it's not really Christmas until I see Hans Gruber fall off of Nakatomi Tower. But if I had to go with my overall number one, I'd have to say Emmett Otter's Jug Band. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, mine is uh, a classic from my childhood, A Muppet Family Christmas. Um, not everybody knows that one, but there's an icy patch outside the door that everybody falls on as they walk in. And at my house around Christmas, we always say, watch out for the icy patch. Uh, perhaps go. not this year because I'm going to be in Florida. So, <laughs> <laughs> much less likely. Yes. All right. So, as we talked about at the top, uh, we're going to talk about Impact Final Resolution that happened on Saturday, and uh, let's get into it. Opening contest: Tommy Dreamer got the win over Larry D in 11:38, and Larry willingly left in handcuffs. I was really hoping to see Larry D in a jail cell. A jail cell reminiscent of the big boss man and the Mountie from SummerSlam 91. I didn't get my wish, but uh, John, how are you feeling about the outcome? I didn't get my wish either because I had actually picked uh, in on our uh, pro wrestling pick'em.com pool. I had picked Larry D because I thought the more entertaining ending was to have Larry think that he had won his freedom and celebrate his way back up the ramp only to be arrested by real cops for real attempted murder. So, yeah. And by, real, cop, by real cops, you, of course, mean Jacques Rougeau. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we see Kenny Omega's RV arrive, and then Havoc and Nevaeh beat the Sea Stars in 8 minutes and 17 seconds. And thanks to a Sammy Callahan-produced distraction, Sunil Dashwood and Caleb got a pinfall victory over Alicia and Eddie Edwards in 847. 
Sammy hit Edwards with his bat again and then followed up with a package pile driver. But before Sammy could hit Alicia with a pile driver, officials made the save. And, and you know, thankfully they did. Are we are we still going to get this Alicia Edwards and Sammy Callahan matchup? And I, I wonder if whatever they had planned for uh, uh, Katie, uh, you know, after uh, her five minutes with Sammy uh, in the uh, Sammy RVD feud, I wonder if they had something else planned there that they're now going to try and put with Alicia. So, yeah, that means. Makes sense to me. Um, Hernandez got the pinfall victory over Fala Bob, but he didn't get the money. Kira and Tasha, they they had devised some plan ahead of time to where this was going to be the outcome. So apparently this storyline must continue. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were going to see some little cutaway to her messing with the fanny pack and actually see her ditch the, the cash somewhere. But, you know, we, we didn't get a lot of information, but we know that, you know, the beat goes on. Um, and the main story of the night, or at least that's what I'm saying, Eric Young beat Rhino by pinfall in 1038, but the big story from the match was that Cody Diener turned on Cousin Jake. Apparently, Family Feud has struck the, the Diener house. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, in Cody's case to not be a nobody, he felt the need to turn around and blast his cousin with uh, EY's loaded uh, hockey mask there. And I really, I have, I have no idea what's going on here. Why Cody had to felt he had to turn on Jake. Still have no idea what EY and Doring really want, other than to let us know that the world is theirs. But what end? Yeah, I don't know. And, uh, and Cody Diener, you know, he's always had a little bit of the crazy. You could see it in his eyes. So, you know, maybe a little bit of character shakeup here. He doesn't have to be quite so redneck or whatever. But, um, but maybe he'll maybe he'll fit in nicely into this, and uh, maybe they'll challenge for Al Carl's impact, uh, AEW trios title in the in a future. <laughs> the nice little group. So. Uh, we saw Scott Demore giving the doorman a hard time, and then we also saw Carl Anderson admitted with no problem. Um, for historical purposes, the Bullet Club did feature Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, Finn Balor. You know, basically the NWO of uh, <laughs> of New Japan. Damn. So they're old buddies, and we'll get to their conversation here in a bit. Uh, Manic comes out of you know obscurity to win the X Division Championship from Rohit Raju in 11 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, we had speculated about this ahead of time, right, John? I mean, on Thursday's show, I think we talked about this as a possibility. Yeah, we, 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 had, uh, we, we were pretty sure that it would be TJP in some form. I think I uh, had mentioned Puma because I forgot about the Manic persona right there in Impact. Once again, right in, you know, right under my nose and missed it, but yeah, it had to be TJP in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I don't really foresee this being a long, long title reign. I, I think we'd probably see it flip back to Rohit or go to somebody else, um, somebody, maybe somebody collecting belts or something. I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Moose says he'll be coming after the winner of the Rich Swan Chris Bay match. So uh, we have that to look forward to. Deanna Perrazzo got the win over Rosemary in 13 minutes, 12 seconds, using her Cosa Nostra pile driver. 
after the match, Taya cleared the ring of Kimberly and Perrazzo, and maybe we are going to be seeing Perrazzo versus Taya Valkyrie soon. Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense. She had a historic run before dro- uh, dropping to Jordan Grace, then Jordan dropped to Deanna, so it would make perfect sense to see these two go nose-to-nose. Nose-to-nose. And uh, Taya has really cooled off this year, I thought. You know, she's always been there in the storyline, always, you know, a presence. Her character hasn't changed. But as far as the in-ring stuff, she's really, like, lost the title. She had a few matches with Tessa Blanchard. And then basically as coasted, she did the she was in Wrestle House for a period of what seemed like a hundred weeks, and then she was out of that and, and she'd been paired with Rosemary, more focused on the the nuptials and post nuptials uh, investigation tag titles. So it'll be interesting to see her now we're almost a year removed from when Jordan won the title and see where she goes from here. Yeah, yeah, she's her ring work has been very light, but uh, she definitely can go. So it'll be great to see her back in action on a more regular basis. I think the um, biggest threat to Deanna's title, right? I think um, Deanna gets this gets this win, and I think she's got a real serious title reign on her hands. Um, it really stamps it. So then Anderson and Mago talk about the New Japan days in the RV. They specifically talk about how good Carl Anderson was uh, in Japan. And Callis and Omega essentially challenged um, Anderson to beat Ethan Page in less than two minutes. So uh, that conversation stirred up Anderson, but it didn't really lead to a two-minute victory. It took more like 13 minutes and 15 seconds after a gun stun. John, the the other big story here is that we may see the North splitting up. Yeah, that, well, what a shame that'll be. But uh, from all uh, reports, it seems like Ethan Page has filled all obligations. And, you know, they've got weeks, I guess, still to go in the can. So I'm, we may see him again. But it doesn't look like we're going to see another North title reign or maybe even another North uh, title shot. Yeah, yeah. That... That seems to be like what was on the line here was the North getting their title shot. And that seems to be off the table. And uh, we've, we've covered on this show, Ethan Page's contract status. We'll cover that again in a few minutes when we go through the news, because there is some more, more to be said there, but Madison rain calls the Omega and Anderson thing, a bullet club reunion, dropping that new Japan IP on air. So we'll see what happens there. Rich Swan used a Phoenix Splash to successfully defend his title in 19 minutes and 56 seconds. Moose came to the ring to present Swan with the Impact World Championship. Josh Matthews said, basically signifying that he can take it whenever he wants. Yeah, I, th- I thought that match was very purposely. I, like, I, in, I assumed that it was going to be fought at a frenetic pace. You know, these two guys are very... X division, they're very athletic. They're, you know, I, I thought this was going to be a nonstop uh, rocket ride. It seemed like they, and not that there weren't moments where it had that, but it seemed like they almost purposely fought it at a heavyweight pace, mm-hmm. maybe to show that Swan, who seemingly will be next paired with Moose, can fight at that pace and in that style a little bit. I, it seemed like that was a conscious decision. Interesting. But, uh, yeah. Very entertaining, nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. Um, we have two shows coming up. 
in rapid succession in the beginning of the year. We have Genesis and we have uh, Hard Skill. And it looks like Moose is lining up for a, a championship match. It looks like all, all indications are that Omega is also lining up for a championship match. So Moose and Rich Swan, one of them is going to face o- Omega. So in your in your opinion, which one's a better match? Oh, which one's a better match? Uh, Swan and Omega with uh, absolutely no hesitation. But uh, I think we might be more likely to see Moose and Omega maybe only for the fact of, you know, if, if Kenny decides to uh, collect belts, I can't see uh, the Impact title leaving television, but I can certainly see the TNA title leaving television. Oh, that's an interesting. Yep, that's interesting. Um, so looking back at Final Resolution, scale of 1 to 10, where do you put the show? I guess I'd give it a, a solid 8. I mean, you know, the wrestling is always on point with impact you know sometimes the storytelling is a little goofy a little humorous uh, sometimes leaves a little uh to be desired but uh in the ring they just they always they always perform yeah yeah and you know the, the thing about these shows there's going to be about one a month of these impact plus specials uh in addition to their four pay-per-view four major paper pay-per-views per year so um, if you're, you know, sitting back and debating, well, do I get the, do I go ahead and subscribe to Impact Plus? It's going to cost you seventy-two bucks a year. You know, this show, I wouldn't subscribe for just this show, but the the twelve shows in total, they do have meaning. You know, there's there was a title change on this show. There may be a title change on the next one. That's what we're talking about. So um, maybe it's worth the seventy-two bucks. I'm not sure. Yeah, definitely bring it down to six. Yeah, when you bring it down to six bucks a month, and you think of their uh, their archive, you know, like if if you're gonna run through the archive like you do with the WWE Network, it's certainly worth six bucks a month. Sure, sure. So, um, nothing advertised for Impact this week except for the fact that Kenny Omega will be on the show. They'll probably announce some stuff later today. Um, probably as I'm speaking right now, they're doing that because you know that's how the world works. Uh, but tonight on Raw, we do have five segments that are advertised, which is an awful lot for Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Styles is bringing the Nightmare Before TLC to Drew McIntyre. John, is that going to be AJ Styles sitting in the middle of the ring with a book? And God, his, I hope so. And, and a Santa <laughs> hat, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Santa hat will definitely be on his associate. <laughs> um, Ray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse friends are heading to the Thunderdome. I certainly hope Friendship Frog's among them. Uh, AJ Styles will be facing Sheamus. That should be a good match. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I there's no, no circumstances where Sheamus wins, but it should be a good match. Exactly. Which makes me all the much more happier. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, the New Day and Jeff Hardy will face the Hurt Business's Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, and Shelton Benjamin. Um, that's a preview for TLC this weekend because the New Day will be facing uh, Shelton and Cedric for the tag titles. Nothing official with Jeff Hardy and Bobby Lashley yet, but they had a match last week, so it seems like things are lining up there. And then in the main event or the opening contest or some spot that doesn't matter, Lana will be facing Nia Jax. 
It'll be the main event in our hearts. That's right. That's right. Um, that match should not be good, but <laughs> but uh, the outcome will certainly be interesting. And of course, that's also a preview of TLC because Lana and Asuka will be facing Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the tag titles. So that's for all tonight. Uh, that and, pl- and plenty more, I'm sure. So, all right, we've got our recaps. Uh, we've got a we got a bit of news to get into. And John, are you ready for news? I certainly am, sir. Okay. Today's news is brought to you by the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, where you can get a weekly recap of the week's top stories authored by me for you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. So, John, uh, a bunch of uh, Ring of Honor news here. Bandito, EC3, Flamita, Kenny King have been pulled from the ROH Final Battle lineup card because they failed the ROH-required pre-travel testing. ROH said that all performers are home and resting fine. The Final Battle card will be changed and announced during the pre-show. Essentially, it impacted two matches. The EC3 versus uh, Jay Briscoe grudge match now has to be put on hold, and the trio's titles will not be defended because Bandito and Flamita can't leave town. So um, they will rebook the card, but we won't know what that is until Friday. So ROH has the strictest uh, COVID protocols in all all of wrestling. They require you to get there ahead of time, and then they require you to sit in their hotel dome until the show for a period of time. So... Good on them for keeping the athletes safe. Unfortunately, you know, this stuff happens. So Hiromu Takahashi won the best of the Super Junior Tournament. Uh, Hiromu immediately challenged the winner of the Super J Cup, which ended up being uh, El Fantasmo for the second year in a row. So um, that match will happen on night one of Wrestle Kingdom, and the winner of that match will face Taiji Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on night two. Uh, I do want to mention they've they've announced eight or nine matches at this point for Wrestle Kingdom, and tomorrow when Travis is on the show, we're going to go through the whole card and talk about those matches. So stay tuned for that tomorrow because we'll be doing that. Uh, G.O.D., Gorillas of Destiny, Haku's Boys, won the World Tag League, and they are going to be facing the tag team champions at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Zack Sabre and, and Tai Chi. Zeus passed away on December 10th. John, any memories of Zeus that you want to bring up? Uh, just my uh, my brother and I still do an impersonation of Zeus cutting a promo. You know, is oh, Hogan, Armor. He was thoroughly entertaining, if not a little stiff. Sure, sure. <laughs> um. And John, just so you know, today's trivia, we're going to get to that soon. Today's trivia is all going to be Zeus trivia. So I hope you, over the weekend, study his matches. Uh, it'll be Zeus WWF trivia, so you don't have to worry about the obscure WCW or Abdul the Butcher matches that he had across the world. One match he had in Puerto Rico or something. <laughs> right, right, with the Butcher. It's all going to be it's all going to be Zeus, WWF, you know, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. So... 
stay tuned for that. Um, and then swinging things back to impact, uh, we had a number of impact stories come up over the last uh, last couple of days. Impact Genesis announced for one nine. We kind of talked about that earlier. Of course, that's seven days ahead of Hard to Kill. Johnny Swinger will face Davy Boy Smith Jr. this weekend at Nawa Jingle Brawl, North American Wrestling Association. So uh, I, I have to pick Davy Boy Smith in this match, but it's kind of like you take the most serious wrestler with Davy Boy Smith on the most serious wrestler on the independent circuit, and you put him against the least serious wrestler they could find, right? So. Right. I the I will say I will be sad if uh, Swinger doesn't Fuji Davy Boy Smith during the match, you know, but throws some salt in his eyes. Absolutely. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reported that Madison Rain is apparently leaving the color spot on Impact Wrestling. They are looking for someone new to fill in the spot. That makes me sad. I actually really really like Madison in that role. Absolutely, yeah. She's she was great in that role. It was I. It's it's so funny. I didn't realize her and Josh were married. It was actually the lovely Mrs. Al Carl who uh, brought that up when we were watching a uh, uh, an Impact Plus a Plus pay per view. But I already enjoyed her in that spot, constantly making fun of Josh and you know putting him on whatnot. It just made it that much funnier when I realized they were actually a couple. She was just fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I, I especially like it when she's when she has those moments of like, "Ooh, don't touch me." <laughs> Is that you sending me all those requests? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, the other thing, it, when uh, so in my house we have my my wife and I we both watch wrestling and and when she started watching Impact, Don Callis was doing color and she really didn't like him. Madison came on and she was like, "This is great," you know. So. The other thing that, that that it does with Madison in that spot is it gives women who watch Impact, you know, a voice. And I, and I do think that's important. They have a, a stellar knockouts division, and they're now bringing in the knockouts tag title. Maybe they want to get Madison back in the ring, and that's what they're looking for. But having a female, a strong female like Madison in that role, I think was really beneficial for the show. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, according to Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer newsletter, and I'm quoting here, right now the belief is that Ethan Page is not re-signing. Page has pushed for his new vlog as possibly his last one from Impact. The company and his friends are of the belief he's finished. That seems to end the North Tag Team, at least for now. Josh Alexander had a long time left on his deal. We were told nine months. The North was the company's flagship heel team for more than a year. So... Indications at the end of the show uh, Saturday did did lean that way. So, yeah, yeah. If, uh, like I said, ho hopefully we see a little more of him because there's apparently a bunch of shows in the can. But uh, it would almost be fitting if his uh, his last moments in Impact were him looking into the camera, talking to Josh backstage, going, "It's okay. Everything is going to be okay. I've got a plan." <laughs> I've been very much entertained by the North. That was a pretty on-point impression, I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep rolling. Uh, I mentioned earlier the New Japan uh, Wrestle Kingdom card is starting to come together with nine matches now advertised. Travis and I will be talking about those tomorrow, but just to give people a preview of what's been advertised so far, on night one, uh, you have the Best of the Super Junior winner, Hiromu Takahashi, versus the Super J Cup winner, El Phantasmo. Uh, you have the 
IWGP Tag Team titles on the line, Saber and Taichi versus the Gorillas of Destiny, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the Great Okan, Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay, and IWGP Intercontinental Heavyweight Double Championship match between Tetsuya Naito and Kota Ibushi. And those matches have indications for the next night. Because the next night, you have the Never Openweight Champion Shingo Takagi facing Jeff Cobb, Evil facing Sonata. The Junior Heavyweight Championship will be on the line. It will be Taiji Ishimori versus the winner of the El Fantasmo and Hiromu match the night before. And the and Jay White challenges for the double championship. He'll face either Kota Ibushi or Tetsuya Naito. So like I said, tomorrow we're going to be breaking that down, um, probably making early picks and you know thinking about where the storyline is going to go from there. Really do load up that end of the year card. Wow. <laughs> I don't know a lot about Japanese wrestling, but uh, I, I, even I can tell that those two nights are very uh, heavy at the uh, top of the card. Yeah. Yeah. Last, last year it was like nine matches, both nights, the show, you know, very, you know, over four hours, both nights. It was in fact too big for one night. as they <laughs> So, well, John, we're killing it on time today. Um, and it's, uh, it's time for trivia. So are you ready? Are you comfortable? Have you stretched? You good? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. All right. Well, here we go. Today's trivia is brought to you by my new book called The Wins and Losses. I was working on the book over the weekend, and it's currently 1,106 pages right now, and I have a lot more to add before the release date on January 2nd. Track more than 400 wrestlers from the WWE main roster, NXT, Impact, AEW, and Ring of Honor throughout the year, and this book will have all the 2020 win-loss data I've collected on those wrestlers. It's an intense amount of detail. You can pre-order it now for 10 bucks. The price goes up to 20 on 1-1. Okay, shameless plug over. <laughs> As mentioned, uh, your your topics today. Uh, your topic today is Zeus. Uh, the rules of the game are: if you have five questions and a simple majority correct gets you the W. If you win, you get the Goldberg Oscar Award. If you lose, you get a Hawkins. And I've uh, I've taken another look at these questions, and I think two of them are pretty easy. Two of them are pretty hard, and one's probably also pretty easy. So let's let's see how you do. Right. Zeus would tag with Hulk, uh, Zeus would tag with Randy Savage at SummerSlam 1989, facing Hulk Hogan and this man. Was it A. The Big Boss Man, B. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, C. Tugboat, D. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, or E. Bushwhacker Luke? Beefcake. It was in fact Beefcake. <laughs> Hogan and Beefcake won the match, but how did they do it? You have four options. And pay close attention. Hulk Hogan used a purse from Sensational Sherry to hit Zeus, and then Hogan slammed Zeus and hit a leg drop for the pinfall. That's A. B is Hulk Hogan used the purse from Sensational Sherry to hit Savage, and then Hogan immediately slammed and hit the leg drop for the pinfall. Option C is Brutus Beefcake hit Savage with Sherry's purse and then put Savage out with the sleeper hold. Or D, Savage hit Brutus with Sherry's purse and got disqualified. So in all options, Sherry's purse is being used. The first one, Hogan uses it against Zeus. The second one, Hogan uses it on Savage. The third one, Beefcake uses it on Savage. And then the last one, Savage uses it on Brutus. 
Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Hogan using it on Zeus. You are two for two. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Back three questions. The commentary team. You haven't not historically done well on my commentary team questions, but the commentary team for SummerSlam 1989 was A, Monsoon and Heenan, B, Shivani and Ventura, C, McMahon and Savage, or D, Bruce Pritchard and Brother Love. (laughs) Uh, Give me the first two again. Monsoon and Heenan, Shivani and Ventura. I'm going to go right where I went last time and go Monsoon and Heenan. <laughs> Shivani and Ventura. Yeah. I do not remember Shivani in W. I, I, oh, my God. It would have horrified me, but uh, I knew that's where I should have gone. I knew it. <laughs> he was a, a much younger Shivani. did appear in, in uh, WWE, I think only in 89. He wasn't there long. Um. Zeus returned as Survivor Series in a four-on-four elimination match. The opposing team consisted of Hulk Hogan, Jake Roberts, and Demolition. Of course, you know their middle name is Pain and Destruction. Uh, Zeus's partners were Ted DiBiase and this tag team. Was it A, the Orient Express, B, the Heart Foundation, C, the Brain Busters, or D, the Powers of Pain? D, the Powers of Pain. The Powers of Pain tagged with DiBiase and Zeus. In this match, Zeus got disqualified for not listening to the referee. And your final question, your layup. The human wrecking machine Zeus starred alongside Hulk Hogan in this 1989 film. Was it A, Ghostbusters 2? B, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? C, Dead Poet Society? D, No Holds Barred? Or was it E, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. No holds barred. The answer is, of course, no holds barred. All the other films mentioned were among the highest grossing films of the year. No holds barred was not on that list. (laughs) But what might be fun for you to do is now think about those movies and insert Hogan as the, the protagonist and Zeus as the antagonist in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Ghostbusters 2 or... Dead Poets Society. <laughs> it's it a Dead Poets Society. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in every movie you watch from the 80s, I want you to think about that. Hogan is the protagonist. Zeus is the antagonist. Would the movie be better or worse? <laughs> Always better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, John, congratulations. I believe. Let me tell you up the score. You got one, two, three. This is your best outing so far. And, of course, you get the Goldberg Oscar Award, which means I'm going to give you Oscar today. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for today. Uh, Tomorrow's show, like I mentioned, Travis Severance is joining us to talk about the news of the day, whatever impact advertises for Tuesday, the Wednesday Night Wars, and Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, John... Dakani and I will join Al Carl on the Essential Wrestling Podcast tomorrow to make our picks for the week and our picks for TLC. So with that said, for John, I'm Ryan, and we'll see you down the road.